today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. heart is deceitful and wicked or sick and so many times we have to be so so careful Hananiah oh he was he was drawing a crowd everybody loved Hananiah's message and then here comes Jeremiah with his real downer message who would want to hear that but you know what Jeremiah was the one that was speaking truth and man we understand sometimes truth is just really hard to hear. Amen? It's, it's difficult when, when the truth comes out and suddenly I realize, no, it's, it's my life that needs to change. It's my direction that needs to change. There is a grave responsibility that comes with the office of anyone who presumes to speak on behalf of God. It's not something to be done lightly or casually. A prophet has to answer to God for the integrity and genuineness of their message. Jeremiah was faithful to God's heart in the message he spoke to Israel and was severely persecuted for his faithfulness. In today's message, Pastor David will challenge you to be faithful to God's heart, no matter what personal price it may cost you. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 as he continues his message, A Survey of the Prophets. While all this is going on, Jeremiah's been called to be a prophet. Josiah, at the age of 20-something, he's, he's now uh, uh, bringing in all that reform. Meanwhile, up in the Northland, remember the Assyrians that had destroyed the Northern Kingdom? Well, the power structure up there begins to shift, and the Assyrians begin to lose their, their, their grip on that whole region. Now, a fellow by the name of Nabopolassar, drives the Assyrians out of Babylon. And Nabopolassar actually becomes the king of Babylon. As the Babylonian empire then is, is birthed and begins to grow in its influence, it starts reaching out in power over that northern region. Assyria, though they've been kicked out of the area of Babylon, they're not totally out of the game. They've still got some power, but not as much as what they were. As a matter of fact, a little bit later, they go down to Egypt, and the Assyrians and the Egyptians kind of team up together. Guys that were enemies before, they kind of team up together against the Babylonians. But that's kind of a normal thing. We see, man, people that are enemies on one hand, they suddenly become friends when they have a common enemy. Anyway, 624 BC, the prophet Zephaniah, he began speaking about the Babylonian destruction. In other words, that it's the Babylonians that are going to come down and take out Judah. The coming of the day of the Lord. That's in Zephaniah as he's proclaiming. All of this happening about the same time. Well, by the time he's 26 years of age, Josiah, he is bringing about these reforms. He's bringing about repairs to the temple because of all the neglect that had taken place because of the former reigns. During the midst of the repair work, 
one of the priests finds the book of the law. They hadn't read it. They hadn't seen it. This priest finds it, brings it to Josiah. Most likely, they believe it was the, the, the book of Deuteronomy. And as Josiah reads it, his heart is broken for the things of God. And he realizes, man, we are so far off base. And so it brings about even a deeper revival and even a greater push to bring about that reformation within the land, trying to get his house in order, try to reestablish the feast. And it's Josiah that actually celebrates the Passover for the first time since the time of the judges, all the way back to the time of the judges. Guys, that's through Saul and, and, and David and Solomon and Rehoboam and, and Jeroboam, all, all of these guys. Finally, Josiah brings it back. Meanwhile, north of Israel, 616 BC, a combined Egyptian and the Assyrian army stop the Babylonians as the Babylonians are trying to again take over more of that area in the north as they're moving west. But about four years later, the Babylonians joined together with a, a, a people group, the, the Medes. You've heard of the Medes and the Persians. They gathered together with the Medes. And so now you've got the Babylonians and the Medes going against the Assyrians and the Egyptians. And in the midst of all of this, if you, if you had it on a map, you could see right in the middle of all this is this little bitty country called Israel. And so all of these nations fighting for power, and right through the middle of it all is Israel. Well, Pharaoh Necho from Egypt is coming up to join the Assyrians in this battle. Josiah, because at this point in time, seems like the Babylonians are actually in their favor. So Josiah, in, in trying to encourage the Babylonians, he goes out against Pharaoh Necho, and it ends up there that, that Josiah gets killed. In the midst of that, a good king losing his life in the midst of it. So upon the death of Josiah, the good king of Israel, the last good king there have, his middle son, now this is where it really gets confusing. He's got three sons. His middle son, Jehoahaz, becomes a king, and he's 23 at this point in time. And he's king, Jehoahaz is king for three months. Now, during this time, he tries to make a deal with Pharaoh Necho, the Egyptian, the one that his dad lost his life against. So he tries to make a deal with him. The deal works out great for Pharaoh because Jehoahaz gets put in chains and taken down to Egypt and he's never released. He dies in a prison down in Egypt. So Pharaoh Necho then comes and he puts this huge tax on Israel, calls for them to pay tribute to Israel. And then he comes in and he takes Josiah's oldest son, Eliakim, and makes him the king over Judah. Because in essence, Judah becomes just a, a vassal state to Egypt at that point in time. So now Eliakim becomes the new king. He's about 25, uh, but Necho renames him to be Jehoiakim. Now, the difference in the names really isn't a whole lot. Eliakim means resurrection of God, and Jehoiakim means Yahweh will establish. But he changed his name, I guess, because he had the power to do that. Well, to give you a little bit more of a balance in the times, 
Jeremiah is now about 40 years of age. Daniel is about 20 years of age. And Ezekiel, we'll throw another prophet in here to keep you on the balance. He's about 14 years of age. The heavy taxation on the people there in Jerusalem continues on as as Jehoiakim, the the Egyptian-appointed king, tries to appease the Pharaoh. The reason he wants to appease the Pharaoh, he wants to keep his position. Oh, and he wants to keep his life as well. So he's taxing the people of Judah so he can send the money on down to Egypt. Well, by 607 BC, Jeremiah's prophecies come against Jehoiakim. Comes against his reign, it comes against the tribute he's paying uh, to Egypt. And Jehoiakim then raises up in opposition to this prophet Jeremiah. Uh, the, the prophecy, another prophet, Habakkuk, is written about this same time frame. So late summer of 606 BC, while Egypt is trying to keep Israel in their place, as well as rule that region again from afar. There's a fellow by the name of General Nebuchadnezzar. He's a general and he's a prince at the same time. General Nebuchadnezzar moves up from the east bank of the Euphrates early in August to surprise attack Pharaoh Necho at a region called Keramish. And when he gets there, he's able to drive Pharaoh and the Egyptian armies actually all the way back into Egypt. And he takes control not only of Syria, where uh, um, Carchemish is, but also now of Israel because he drove them all the way down to Egypt. So 606 AD or BC, still in August, Nebuchadnezzar pursuing Necho again from Syria all the way down through Israel. He hears then of his father's death. Nebuchadnezzar's father is passed away. That's 580 miles away in Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar then takes a bunch of the captive Jews that he has. He takes some of the Phoenicians, some of the Syrians, even some of the Egyptians and others, and he heads back to Babylon. And among his captives are four Jewish men that are very familiar with us. Fellow by the name of Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel. Shadrach, Misho, Abednego, and Daniel. They, he takes them with him, all of them in their late teens, early 20s. And it's at this time, it's what's known as the first exile, around 606 uh, uh, BC. Around this time, King Jehoiakim is also taken to Babylon. Now, uh, Nebuchadnezzar later lets him come back. But by September, about a month later, Nebuchadnezzar, he's arrived in Babylon, and now he is placed as the new king of Babylon. That's how Nebuchadnezzar becomes a king of Babylon. Now, by 604, 603, about two years later, Jeremiah, he's still a prophet. He's still prophesying in Jerusalem. Uh, His writings in chapters 13 through 20 speak against all of these surrounding nations, the Arameans, the the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Chaldeans, because again, that they continue to invade Judah while Judah's trying to fight off all these huge nations like Egypt and Babylon and Assyria, all of these smaller nations, those their neighbor nations are coming in and trying to take them. And again, invade 
aiding them even during a time of famine. Other chapters, chapter 35, chapters 45 through 49, they, they go to these surrounding nations because of their sinful actions and because of their attacks, their failures to support Israel. Now in 602, hang with me guys, 602, Jeremiah's chapters 36, verses nine through 32, Egypt and Babylon meet in this battle on the plain of Gaza. Now, the plain of Gaza, Gaza is the same area that Gaza Strip is right now. It's on the western shores of Israel, right on the Mediterranean Sea. The Gaza plains down there, this big fight starts happening. Uh, Egypt is driven out of the area, and Babylon suffers a lot of losses themselves. And during that year, or during the next year, the year 600, Nebuchadnezzar then, he goes back to Babylon, stays there all year, and begins building up his forces. Oh, by the way, during that year, another guy, a guy by the name of Cyrus. Cyrus, a Persian, is born during that time. So now 599, we're working our way down. In 599, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, He marches out to begin collecting all the delinquent tributes that these nations that are supposed to be paying him tributes have have stopped paying because of the battles that he was in. They knew that he was gonna be busy with those or he had stayed up in Babylon for a year rebuilding his forces. So he goes down to get the payments. He begins in Syria and a year later, he gets to Jehoiakim of Israel. Jehoiakim is now three years delinquent in his Babylonian tribute money. Nebuchadnezzar is ready to head south into Judah to collect the tribute, but before he gets there, Jehoiakim dies. And so again, he, again, they come. Uh, interesting thing, because of all the events and all the battles, when Jehoiakim dies, they actually throw him over the wall of Jerusalem and nobody goes out to bury him because they're afraid of all the raiders that are coming from all the outside countries as well as these bigger countries. All of these issues going on. And that fulfills actually a prophecy that Jeremiah made against Jehoiakim in Jeremiah 22. Now, Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, dad, Jehoiakim with an N is a son. He now becomes a king at age 18. And in 597 BC, Nebuchadnezzar arrives at Jerusalem's door and begins knocking. He begins to place a siege against the walls of the city. That's in February. By March, just a month or so later, Nebuchadnezzar actually takes Jerusalem at this point in time, and yet he doesn't destroy it during this invasion. In 2 Chronicles and 2 Kings, we read how Nebuchadnezzar removed all the treasures from the temple and from the royal palace. He carried into exile all Jerusalem, all the officers and fighting men, and all the craftsmen and all the artisans, and only the poorest of the people of the land were left. This is now the second exile. So we had the first one that took Daniel and a bunch of other cream of the crop. Now they come in, they dip a little deeper into the pot, get not only the cream, but go even a little bit deeper. Only the poorest of the people are left in the land. Well, Jehoiakim is in, he's removed as king and Nebuchadnezzar now places Josiah's third son, Zedekiah, as the king. And he's 21 at this point in time. 
Nebuchadnezzar heads back to Babylon. He's got like 10,000 captives, again, from, from uh, Judah, uh, including the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel, in his writings, he writes those while he's in Babylon. And he also brings with him the former king, Jehoiakim. So all of these guys going up there. Ezekiel, by this time, he's 25 years old. He settles in with the, uh, uh, the captives colony there. Uh, and Ezekiel begins work with the other craftsmen of the area and the artisans for the next five years. And it's only after those five years, by the time Ezekiel turns 30, that actually the Lord appears to him and calls him as a prophet. And Ezekiel writes about that in chapter one of his book. Let's get back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, there's about four or five chapters. We read where Zedekiah, the, 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 the third son of Josiah, the one that was appointed as king by Nebuchadnezzar. We read that again, he begins to plan a revolt against Nebuchadnezzar along with the neighboring countries. Remember those countries that were going against Judah? Well, now he comes in and Zedekiah says, hey guys, why don't you join with me? We'll all rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. I think we can take this guy if we stick together. Wrong plan, wrong idea. Zedekiah did not, as the word says, did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke the word of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him take an oath in God's name. And all of these false prophets that Zedekiah had around him, they're all whipping him up saying, oh yeah, the Lord is with you. God is with you, man. He will provide for you. He will defeat your enemy. All of these false prophets. It was Jeremiah that said, no, you don't, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go there at all. Let's see if I can find the passage. I believe it's in Jeremiah 28. Turn there with, with me if you would. It's one of those things when you, you're reading through the Bible and all of a sudden you see something and it's actually flat out funny how people respond and how they act. In chapter 28, it happened in the same year, at the beginning of the year, reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon, Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Who would not want to hear that kind of prophecy? I mean, it's awesome. He's gonna come in. He's gonna defeat my enemies. Yay, God, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Read on. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of all these priests and in the presence of all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah says, oh, amen, amen, yeah. And the Lord do so. And the Lord perform your works, which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house and all who were carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak to your hearing and in the hearing of all your people. In essence, he's saying, hey, 
Man, praise God if that happens. That would be great if that happens. Nevertheless, listen to this. He says in verse eight, the prophets who have been before me and before you of old prophesied against many countries and great kingdoms of war and disaster and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah said to the presence of all the people saying, thus says the Lord, even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. The prophet Jeremiah went his way. I mean, he even used props. I mean, he had stuff, you know, hey, what? this is how it's gonna happen, it's gonna break. Keep reading. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. After Hananiah, the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, go and tell Hananiah, saying, thus says the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made in their place yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beasts of the field also. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make the people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Be careful when you say, thus saith the Lord. How easy it is. It is so easy. For those in, in, in areas of leadership, whether they be pastors or, or leaders or anyway, to come up with, uh, I've got a word of the Lord for you. Beloved, make sure it is a word of the Lord. The heart is deceitful and, and wicked or sick. And so many times we have to be so, so careful. Hananiah, oh, he was, he was drawing a crowd. Everybody loved Hananiah's message. And then here comes Jeremiah with his real downer message. Who would want to hear that? But you know what? Jeremiah was the one that was speaking truth. And man, we understand sometimes truth is just really hard to hear. Amen? It's, it's difficult when, when the truth comes out and suddenly I realize, no, it's, it's my life that needs to change. It's my direction that needs to change. And when the truth comes, we better be listening to it. Well, by October, Hananiah is dead, and uh, Jeremiah 29, the next chapter, records uh, how Nebuchadnezzar sends for Zedekiah, uh, who was the, you know, he was, he was the puppet king down in Judah. He comes, he brings him to Babylon to interrogate him uh, concerning all these rumors. Hey, I hear you're gathering up all these guys to go and revolt with me. What's this I hear about you? Well, Jeremiah the prophet sends along a scroll that contains, again, words of encouragement and prophecy for the people, for the Jewish people that were there in Babylon, that yes, eventually Babylon will fall, but you need to stay put for the time being. Open your eyes. 
As our time with you today winds down, we'd like to share where you can listen to today's message again. You'll find this and other teachings from Pastor David and The Open Word at theopenword.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an edition of the program. Right now, let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick message from the heart. Hello, friend. I'm so glad you joined in today to The Open Word. As you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. He's the reason I teach every week at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I want as many people as possible to know and believe the message of the gospel. If you'd like to know more about what Jesus' life and death means to you, I'd encourage you to call us. We have some great people here who would love to pray with you and answer your questions. Our number is 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. Know that I'm praying for you too, and I value you greatly as a listener and brother or sister in Christ. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to invite you to come see us in person as well at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. We have services every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday, and you'll be able to find more information at theopenword.com. Just click the church link at the bottom of the page. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Join us next time to continue our journey through the Bible, right here on The Open Word. Make us more.